Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Internet Marketing. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 145 of Internet Marketing brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com and in today's show Kelvin talks to Jake Langwith. Now Jake is an expert on recruiting people in the internet marketing and sort of online marketing sector and there's loads of tips here for people who are recruiting and candidates all coming up in internet marketing. So, Jake, in the world of kind of digital marketing and maybe in some of the specific disciplines like search, analytics and social media, is there kind of a bit of a skill shortage or is it, is it you know, are employers finding it difficult to find good talent? Uh, I would say there, there's a huge skill shortage at the moment. Um, I mean, social media is still a relatively new industry. Um, you, you don't see people with vast amounts of experience and yet there's a, a really high demand on that side for people. So you, you find a lot of companies, predominantly agency side at the moment, uh, who are looking for people with social mm-hmm. media experience, but are really struggling, whether they're community managers, uh, even down to social media analytics-based roles now, and, and, mm-hmm. and your heads are social, major shortage. Um, it's the same with, with SEO and analytics as well. Even though they are obviously much more mature markets, it seems that a lot of people entering the markets as kind of trainees seem to have gone into more traditional marketing avenues, mm-hmm. leaving SEO and, and analytics with quite a shortage of people. Um, mm-hmm. Finding those guys, especially on SEO, who really are technically good, they're very knowledgeable, they know how to do SEO correctly, it's very hard. We find most of our clients do admit that they struggle to find good quality people. They, they see a lot of very bad quality people, but the guys that they want to employ, they, they really do struggle with. And I'd say it's major. And, and do you think that's just down to the fact that kind of even even with search as, a, as, as an example, is probably one of the more developed disciplines within digital marketing, that there's just not that the volume of people there, there's just not enough people being recruited who have got enough experience? Or is it more to do with the fact that quite often these people who are um, you know the candidates, as it were, in, in the the candidate employer mix, are, are kind of tending to stay at roles for a long time, or are setting up their own businesses. Or, or so is it kind of a is it like people entering that's being the problem, or is it people not moving um, that's the problem? I would say it's actually more to do with the volume of people in the marketplace. It's 
it's still quite a small kind of pool of people with, with experience, especially within search. Um, it, especially if you start to look at the senior level managers, heads of, most of those people do actually know each other as well, mm-hmm. no matter whether they're in Brighton, London, Manchester. It, it's it's one of those those industries, yeah, the, the actual pool of applicants is tiny and not mm-hmm. too many people jump around. Um, it's not always a case that they're looking to stay at their firms for five years. You, you do still see people, especially if they've got you know, ambitions and they, they want to move up, say they're an, an exec, they want to go to an account manager, account director, they may be an SEO manager and into a head of search. They will actually jump ship probably every 12 months to 18 months in order to mm-hmm. gain that promotion. Um, but, you know, it's definitely really down to lack of volume of people in industry. Mm-hmm. And as a consequence of that kind of like difficulty then that uh, in you know finding the talent, particularly it's sort of the senior end as you were discussing there, is there any particular tips or techniques or tricks that you've seen employers do to kind of try and stand out and get the best talent there? Yeah, I mean it, it comes down I think to branding for their their companies. I mean certain firms are extremely well known. Their staff are very active on the conference scene. Um, you know, you'll see them at just about every major search conference. Their directors or their senior staff are speaking. Everybody knows who those particular companies are. It doesn't really matter who you speak to within search. If, if you mention one of those firms, like, oh, yeah, I hear really good things about them. You know, nice. I'd like to go and see them. And it's because they're really promoting themselves well. Um, many of them are actually very good companies as well. You know, you, you see their guys speak. They're very ethical in the way they do the business. They find it maybe a little bit easier to attract staff because people will go directly to them. Um, but that that would be a major tip for a firm. I mean, a lot of companies seem to kind of, I suppose, kind of operate below the radar, so to speak. And people don't know them. They they don't know their reputation. They don't know if they're any good. They're not sure if they're going to be going there, and and, and suddenly they're they're going to be given very unethical kind of search practices to kind of deal with, or, or maybe they'll be dealing with clients that aren't really the type they want to do business for. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I say that, that that would be a major kind of problem. Uh, and do you think that any of those kind of employers that have kind of got this employee branding right, is there particular trends or particular things that, that they do well that perhaps some of the other companies that struggle a bit um, don't do? And so if you're kind of one of those organisations, you're looking to take on talent, you found it a little bit difficult to find the talent that you really want. You want to try and kind of be one of these organisations that people come to instinctively. Do you think that there's particular things that people can do? And are these agencies or in-house teams that are doing particularly well on this front, are they do, are they actively trying to be good employee brands or are they just doing it kind of indirectly because that's the way they go about doing business? I think a lot of them are actually actively doing it. I mean, I'm sure we could mention two or three really well-known firms where they, they, mm-hmm. they speak everywhere. Um, and I, I would say it's an active policy of theirs to have their company in the forefront of, of everyone in the industry. So that everyone knows who they are. Um, I mean, they, they even organize conferences themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, it's great branding for them as companies. Uh, so I, I'd say it's active. Um, some it's indirect, especially when you go client side and, you know, for the kind of in-house teams, they may not necessarily promote their kind of SEO teams externally, mm-hmm. but as a whole, the company are branding themselves well. You, you, look, you look at your, your Marks and Spencers and, and companies like that. They have huge advertising on, on the TV, in print media, the household names. Everybody knows who they are. When companies like that have a position come up, they sometimes find it easier to attract someone 
because everybody knows who they are. Yeah. And some of those firms are actually perceived as really good employers, whether they are or aren't, it's a different matter. But in someone's mind, they think, oh, great, yeah, I'd love to work at that company. And, and they might find it easier to actually uh, attract talent to them, whether it's directly or, or through recruiters. Uh, and flipping it onto kind of the candidate side then, are there kind of particular um, attributes or things that people do in the rec- recruitment process from the candidate perspective that helps them do well in the job market or things that they do badly, you know, kind of gripes that kind of wind you up as a kind of you know, a middleman in this process? Yeah, well, I suppose as, as the middleman, our, our biggest gripe is, is clients are actually slow with us, to be perfectly oh. honest. You know, you, you get them people and have to wait weeks to hear back from, from their HR departments, mm-hmm. simply because the larger the firm, sometimes the red tape's bad. Um, but for, you know, actual applicants who, who want to kind of promote themselves a little bit more, I think it's, it's good if they're quite active bloggers. You know, if they've got their own mm-hmm. personal blog, uh, they're writing, let's say we're talking about SEO, they're writing about SEO. It's clear that they know what they're writing about as well and they know their subject yeah. matter. Um, maybe they, they offer to guest blog on sites, whether you know it, it, it's status search or places like that. Again, they're, they're building up their own personal branding. Perhaps they're quite active on Twitter. Um, yeah. and, and again, there'd be SEO matters they're talking about. You might see that they're actively engaging with very well-known people in the industry. When, as recruiters and headhunters, when we see people like that, we're more inclined to kind of give them a call, network yeah. with them. Um, because, because you're seeing... I suppose respect coming from their peers within the industry, yeah. um, and even when we speak to people, we know we say, "Hey, X, Y, Z, you, you know, how would you rate them?" And we're told, "Actually, I think they're a really good guy. They're you know, up and coming yeah. person, and that's what we look out for." Mm. Mm. And how how would you say then for candidates to deal with it? Because we've, I'm sure, pretty much everyone who's listening's been there. They've kind of been on LinkedIn, and the recruiters are using that kind of as a means of finding people who may not be actively recruiting for roles, and they kind of speculatively reach out to people. And I suppose that's kind of the nature of the the job is that you're kind of a headhunter, aren't you? So you're trying to find these people who might not have been thinking to look for a job, and trying to kind of plant the seed there. But potentially, you know, you could have dozens of these people that you know might contact you. How do how you know? You know, I know as a recruiter, you know, you've probably got a slightly different perspective, but, you know, is there particular things that candidates should be looking out for before they choose a particular recruiter or or should they just kind of go, OK, well, um, I should hedge bets here and kind of go with as many as, as they can do? Uh, I definitely wouldn't go with as many as you can. Um, you know, there's recruiters and there's recruiters, you know, and I'm certainly not going to name names. Um, but some, I think, are more ethical than others. Um, yeah. I, I think when an applicant deals with a recruiter, they should make it clear, I only want my details sent to companies that you discuss with me. I want to know who the company is. I want to know what the job spec is. Um, it is actually a legal requirement, to be honest yeah. with you. Um, but a lot of recruiters ignore that. They'll, they'll find someone, let's say as an example, they'll find someone's CV on a job board, think that looks halfway okay. And they're basically doing a spam mail shot uh, to maybe 50, 60 different companies in, in the kind of catchment area for that person. And you really don't know whose who desk your details are going to be landing on. Um, as I said, it's, it's against the law and it's extremely unethical, I think, to deal with someone. But common private. practice, is it? You know, you I, think, I you would know. actually say it's really common practice within the crew, uh, recruitment industry. I think it's probably one of the biggest gripes I hear from applicants is it's either been done to them or they're really concerned that yeah. they're, they're not sure where their details will go to. So they, they should make it quite clear to a recruiter 
only send me to companies that you discuss with me and have my permission with in advance. And is there anything that they can particularly be doing, you know, you know, whether it's going direct or via a recruiter, a candidate, as it were, to kind of stand out above and beyond some of that personal branding stuff. So is it, you know, should they be spent, you know, I've seen some people who've done like CV infographics and that type of thing, which seem quite impressive. But then equally, I was at an event recently and um, with a bunch of employers who were taking on graduates and complaining about the fact that everyone had these super duper fancy CVs that, you know, looked amazing but didn't really say anything do you know what i mean it's the yeah. tips like that you know we, we we see that quite a lot with, with with some cvs they look lovely full of graphics but they're, but they're all showing no to tell um from a recruiter's point of view we actually don't want to see that anyway um yeah. because all, all cvs are put through databases end clients have the same databases as we use as well and it, it generally mm-hmm. screws up the um um the actual formatting yeah on a cv and so if someone, you know, the hiring manager sees it and the, you know, the, the space in between the words is all out, uh, mm-hmm. they may not read through that CV, even though the person's good. They could just hit the delete button and say, yeah. no, thank you. So I, I would keep a CV reasonably traditional, um, mm-hmm. to be honest, preferably in a word format. Um, PDFs don't convert too well on, mm-hmm. onto a recruitment databases, again, whether it's agency or in-house. Uh, so those are things to bear in mind um, mm. and be honest in a, in, a, in a CV. I mean, obviously you have your personal details at the top, but you should always write a, a kind of brief paragraph um, just outlining your career history and achievements, things that you've, you've had real successes with. You know, I know it gets thrown out all the time as an example, say car insurance within search. Mm. Um, but say you work for a firm and that's, that's one of the industries you've been obviously conducting natural search for and you've had some really great results, yeah. it would be worth putting on. You know, we took X client to number one position within Google for the term car insurance. Yeah. Uh, we did it this way, obviously, um, if, if, you, if you're buying links, don't put that in yeah. the CV. <laughs> um, but, you know, the natural search yeah. techniques, because people want to see that. They want to see the benefit that that applicant will bring to the company. And, and kind of talking, yeah, sorry, talking about those da- um, databases, Jay. Do you then think that there's kind of a process that people ought to be thinking about maybe some of the keywords? Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me that wasn't an option i never really was a salad guy that's just not who i am but noom worked for me get your personalized plan today at noom.com real noom user compensated to provide their story in four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. That they're including in their CV. 
Um, because, you know, is that, you know, do you then go, okay, well, I know that analytics is a skill that's, you know, being sought after, so I should be referring to analytics. But, okay, maybe um, people are interested in a particular knowledge of a particular analytics program. So should you be listing all of those that might not perhaps necessarily read amazingly well um, or look amazingly well on a CV, but actually when it gets into a database, it's really useful to have those keywords there if that's the kind of way that people search on those databases. Yes, actually, they should. I mean, the industry is heavily computerized, whether it's from a recruitment database point of view on my side of the desk or in-house. If you, if you look at really huge corporate firms, if you take into account, say, IBM, Microsoft, mm-hmm. RBS, they have very advanced recruitment databases and sometimes it's a computer that does a keyword match from a CV that's sent in and that decides whether it goes to their recruitment team or the hiring manager um, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of people actually aren't aware that that happens they, they always think oh no it's, it's a human who's going to look at my details and mm. it's just not the case anymore um, so you do want those words in there I mean if you use if you're doing web analytics obviously you want web mm-hmm. a- analytics in your CV if you're using Omniture, have that in there. If you, you know, if you're obviously using Site Catalyst, make sure that's on there. If you've got Maximizer, Web Trends, Core Metrics, have these softwares in there. I mean, you, you don't want to write a spammy-looking CV. You know, you, you still want to write it for a human viewer, same as you would for a, for content on a web page. Mm. So, I mean, I I would recommend maybe having a, a kind of a, a table within your CV mm. or a section that just outlines software packages used but if you're using them obviously within your day job say your current role you know put in there you know i'm a web analytics specialist uh, we currently mm-hmm. use omniture site catalyst for, for the analytics data mm-hmm. and have it within the body of the text but but written out for a human but a computer will look at this and it picks those words out mm-hmm. um it, it's probably worth trying to get them in there a handful of times without spam in the cv to be honest mm-hmm. um because yeah you, you will get as an example, our databases here, if we do a search on there, it will list CVs in order of how many times those words have appeared. So okay. the more it is, the more at the top it comes up. So you might say, all right, that's in there eight times. That person probably is an omniture expert. Let's, let's take a look. Nine times mm-hmm. out of ten, it turns out they are you know, say an analytics yeah. person. Okay. And so you talked a bit there about kind of the recruitment process that some of the, you know, the big organizations go through. I know a lot of the people who listen to this podcast might be one, two man, three man bands. And for them, you know, might, you know, making a recruit can be a real significant business decision as much as a a recruitment decision. Is there anything in particular you think those people can learn from who perhaps don't have the funds to kind of go to a recruiter that they can learn from the people that do use recruiters and those big organizations that do have that kind of complex HR um, recruitment process? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, their their biggest friend for for the small business who are looking to hire can't afford to use headhunters or recruiters is actually LinkedIn. It, it's an amazing tool because um, if, if you go to like your job site and monsters, they're actually extremely you know they they are very expensive to use to do mm-hmm. their CV searching. LinkedIn is free, um, especially if you have a yeah. good network. I, I'd recommend a small business owner, um, so they've got a small SEO agency connecting with a lot of their peers within the industry as, as you know it's actually a really friendly industry people are quite happy to help out um, connecting with them on LinkedIn your networks are going to expand massively to the point that you'll probably when you do a search for an SEO be able to bring up two three hundred people within the kind of catchment area of where your company's based yeah. uh, and then go through there you may find that some of those people you'll see who they're connected to and think okay 
Kelvin knows that person. Maybe mm-hmm. I give Kelvin a call and say, look, we, we need to take someone on. We noticed that you know, you know, Barry mm-hmm. Smith over at XYZ. Would you mm-hmm. be able to make an introduction? And, um, mm-hmm. You might say, yes, actually, he's a really nice guy. Put the introduction in. Or mm-hmm. they can pick up the phone to that person themselves. Or if they want to pay for a LinkedIn account, um, mm-hmm. which is not too expensive. Uh, I think the, mm-hmm. the best one for you is about $99. You get 25 emails a month. They can then mm-hmm. email that person directly through LinkedIn to approach them and see if they'd be interested in joining them. And once they've finished the recruitment process, um, as you're not tied in on a contract with LinkedIn, just cancel the account. So you, you know, mm-hmm. only pay for it during that period where you're looking for staff. But they would find that a really cost-effective, cheap way to find people. And any particular tips when making that outreach to someone who, you know, as a recruiter talking to a candidate who you think on paper looks really good, but has, you don't know if they're looking for a job, you don't know if they'd be interested in your role. Any advice that you've got from making those types of approaches that, you you know, in your mind means that, um, you know, you know that's a good thing to do if you're a, a company owner making those kind of approaches? Definitely confidentiality. I think would be the first thing. Um, people are always worried that their current employer will find out that maybe they're looking or, or maybe a little worried just the fact they've been approached by someone. And I know some, yeah. some direct clients feel a little bit funny as well. Should we really be trying to attract someone from a competitor? You know, is that mm-hmm. not the done thing? Um, but I don't think they should worry about it. It's, it's their business and it's their livelihood. Um, and they need to attract people to their own companies in order to grow. So firstly, yeah, let that person know, look, I'd like to have a confidential discussion with you regarding an opportunity with us. Give them some brief details about the position. Um, I wouldn't necessarily mention what you're looking to pay straight away. If you say, look, we're looking to pay up to £50,000, you've set an expectation in the applicant's mind that he wants £50,000. He might only be earning thirty. So you could have killed the potential of that person coming on board from a monetary point of view immediately. So I'd deal with that later on once you've you've had that discussion. Um, I'd keep the email relatively brief as well uh, to kind of finish off with, look, we'd like to kind of have a chat with you. Do you have a mobile number? If not, here's our phone number. Give us a call. We're happy to speak outside of work hours. And then from there, you know, the more personable side takes effect and, you Mm -hmm. you know, you, you speak on the phone or face-to-face and give them more details about the position. Cool. And to, to finish up off, Jake, I know quite a few people who listen to the show are either not working in digital media at the moment or um, are kind of studying at the moment and kind of maybe looking for particular areas that there's there's huge opportunities in, uh, in the future. Are there any kind of general trends that you're seeing that the kind of, if you were a candidate, um, you know, starting out trying to break into the sector, particular skill sets or areas of expertise or, you know, good first jobs to take to try and progress quick, qu- quickly in a digital marketing um, career? Are there any kind of particular trends that you've seen in, in that area? SEO, I'd say there's a, there's a vast amount of jobs, especially at the trainee end, you know, whether you're coming in as a graduate or an intern. Most companies do actually want to take people on, um, or especially with interns, will give someone the chance. You know, there's a lot yeah. of work they need doing mm-hmm. within SEO that some of the more senior guys just aren't going to get their hands dirty with, but someone has to do it. Um, so you'll find opportunities there. So just, just approach every one of the digital agencies. Um, I think you'd find most of them would probably come back to you and say, actually, we, we are looking for people yeah. and have a chat with them. Um, social media is another really, really big area where there's a lot of work. Um, we've seen lots of digital agencies 
uh, opening up large social media teams. PR agencies, uh, they, they love social media at the moment. They're, most of those are kind of rapidly expanding their teams as well. That's another area to get into. Um, web analytics is, is a great area to go mm -hmm. into, but it is a lot more technical, and I think it suits a certain type of person because it's, it's not just a case of, oh, hey, I've used Google Analytics. They, they are actually data-driven people. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of slicing and dicing data. They generally come out of, of universities with degrees in physics, maths, computer science. Uh, you know, we see a lot of guys with PhDs within that yeah. industry. Um, so you, you have to have a, that kind of mathematical kind of mm. bent to your mindset if you want to go into that. And if you don't enjoy that side of business, I, I wouldn't recommend going into analytics. Um, there's always a, a load of work within paid search as well. I mean, if you look at a lot of the agencies, the, the paid search teams are often three, four times larger than the natural search teams. Um, certainly true if you, know, if you look, say, within some of the you know, Group M companies. Mm -hmm. um, that, that's an area to get into. I think you generally find there's always work, and they're always looking for people. Mm -hmm. you know, and as I said, if you're a graduate, just, just volunteer as, as an intern. If you're struggling to find paid work, go, go and do free work. Um, um, one final question um, on the um, you kind of around the careers aspect. Um, do you find that um, you know people with particular degrees tend to find it a little bit easier when they're moving on, or people who've done MAs or MSCs? Do you think that that's kind of helpful for people? Within search, now I, I actually don't think it makes much of a difference. To to be honest with you, mm -hmm. um, I mean I. I come out from an, an IT recruitment background originally mm -hmm. and you know we, we'd get asked they've got to be a top 10 university want Cambridge want Oxford want a PhD must be a first has to be physics uh, mm -hmm. but within the search industry you, you don't get asked for that what they want are, are people who are just talented people that are really passionate about what they do and about the industry people you know that they, they'll go home in the evening and, and they're constantly researching they live and breathe it uh, they network extensively with, with other say, SEOs within the industry. So I wouldn't be overly concerned uh, about what your degree's in, where it's from. Um, and I don't think you really need to do a master's or an MBA or anything. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe if you're really, really ambitious, you know, you want to you be group director of WPP or something, yeah. you know, then, then, then perhaps an MBA might be useful. But there's plenty of studies online that show people have taken time out to do their MBA when they've finished and gone back into work earn 20 to 30% less than the people who, who just stayed in their jobs. Mm -hmm. I kind of think it's probably worth staying in your job. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thanks for that, Jake. Some really interesting insights there. And, you know, it's an interesting world that quite often doesn't get talked about in the world of digital media. People talk a lot about the doing of digital media, but they don't often talk too much about the very important process of companies hiring new talent, which you need to do if you want to grow or, you know, expand. Oh, and the whole process of, you know, changing jobs as well, which is, you know, an inevitable part of the kind of circle of life of a, of a career as well. It is. I mean, I'd, I'd also add as well for applicants who are looking for work, um, you know, they can be proactive themselves on things like LinkedIn. I know not everyone's confident enough to do it, uh, but they could go on and literally do a search for head, head of search, head of SEO, SEO manager. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, so they're looking in London for a job. Bring up the SEO manager in London. Uh, just then get the phone number for that particular company and phone the person up and ask if they're actually looking for anybody. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they may find that company is in the market for someone. They're not advertising. They may not be using recruiters because not everybody does. And 
you know, they get their details in there, they're actually the only applicant for that job. They might find it a lot easier. So I, I would recommend people be proactive as well. Fantastic. Really good advice there, Jake. Really appreciate it. Thanks very much. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org where you'll find show notes, links and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments and questions from you. If you want to send an email, send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number, if you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero. If you're inside the UK, it's o one two seven three two five six one five zero. And you can leave a voice comment or question, and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself. Well, that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.